The Rough Drafts Podcast is sponsored by Unicorn.com, the world's premier esports betting site. Bet on your favorite games like CSGO, Dota 2, and League of Legends, and earn Unicorns through successful bets, or use Unicorn's exclusive Connect program, where you can earn Unicorns just by playing some of your favorite games. Use your earnings to enter Unicorn's raffles for exciting prizes like Logitech peripherals or CSGO skins. So join Chase and Walter and prove who really is the esports gambling expert. Unicorn.com. Log on today. Walter Siades Fedchuk bringing you another edition of the 2017 Spring Split Guess the Lines European edition of the Rough Dress Podcast. Man, week week four. Week four was a week. It wasn't a good week for gamblers because um, all the favorites won, which is becoming Europe's favorite pastime is just disappointing gamblers. And speaking of disappointment and gamblers... My good friend, Chase, Redshirt King Wassenaar. Chase, is it too soon yet to make the jokes? Is it's like two weeks enough time or is it, is it still too soon for the jokes? I mean, because I got them ready. I got a notepad. I got a list full of jokes. First of all, how dare you with this whole disappointment <laughs> and gambler and come on. Like you're just, you cannot abdicate responsibility for all of our smart money bets. The viewers have the recordings. They know that we are both responsible for this, but you know what? I am in good spirits with despite all of this horrible lack of upsets because I am officially writing at uh, lcspredict.com, which is launched today, uh, if you're by the time you're listening to this. It's run by a friend of the podcast, Steve Kaffmeyer. If you guys are, have been following us for a while, you're going to remember him as the advanced stats guy that we have had on quite a few times over the years. He has created his own formula uh, that takes in things like margin of victory and uh, a whole bunch of different factors. It's got a nice uh, regression model to it. There's a whole bunch of fancy stats things, but what you really need to know is that it allows you to predict with a very high confidence who is going to win each map and each series as a whole. It is a fascinating thing to go around and play it with. We're going to put a link in our description here so you guys can check it out. It is a great fun tool to play uh, play with if you're interested in that kind of things, and uh, we highly recommend it. And plus, you get to read my power rankings, which I'm going to do for North America and Europe every week. So, so you guys have a, a fun new site to bookmark, uh, uh, and definitely give Steve Kaffmeyer a shout out if you get a chance, because he, uh, he put a lot of good work into that site. Listen, and any friend of the podcast who's willing to let you put your power rankings on their website has got to be A-OK in my book. So that's going to be uploaded probably today will the power rankings be up today uh yes they will be up uh the european ones will be up today by the time you're listening to this north america will be the next day so you guys will have to keep staying tuned in that'll be every week for the rest of the split uh at the very least so it's going to be a lot of fun unlike watching the european lcs which is just an exercise in favorites taking care of business Well, I, I know I know all the favorites won. There was like one kind of close series, one that was close that was like kind of ugly. Um, so we've, we've started doing this. It's now week five of doing this. Uh, so Chase, what was your up for Europe? If there was anything that kind of stood out among all the favorites sort of taking care of business. Well, you know what? Honestly, while it's not so fun from a gambling perspective... That is something worth celebrating in and of itself. If you're a fan of G2, you've got to love the effort they put out this week. Uh, there were some problems, and I think you're going to hit on them when we get to the disappointing side of things. Oh, I shall. But as a whole, they took care of business here. They did a great job of uh, understanding their strengths when it came to how to play around the map, and I thought that they did a very good job from that angle. I thought the Unicorns of Love put on a clinic when it came down to how they just dismantled Giants. That was super fun to watch. I loved seeing the way that H2K and G2 just wiped the floor with Rock Out and Origin. That's what you need these guys to do, and they did do it. 
uh, and Misfits, by the way, a team that I had question marks going into the split. They are shutting me and every other doubter up week in and week out. I am loving the way that they're playing. And, uh, and it's been nice to, you know, it's not necessarily as exciting. People will always remember the everybody beats everybody and then Fnatic wins era of the European LCS. <laughs> but these yeah. are better quality games week in and week out. And it comes down to the teams that know what they're doing are just refining their strengths more and more. And that's been fun to watch. My, my plus, I, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with all the teams. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it a little bit more defined here. Uh, I could just say Misfits again. This, that would be like my third time in a row <laughs> choosing Misfits as my up. And to be frank, I told you in our previews that I thought Misfits was going to be good. Pay no attention to the fact that I had Vitality as top four in our final predictions before the season started. I obviously was sick that day. I had been stung by a bee or a wasp or a giant hornet or something. I was poisoned. Don't worry about that. I was on board the Misfits hype train from the beginning. Uh, they're just performing slightly better than I expected. But the true star to me, the true, the true up is going to be the young jungler for Unicorns of Love, Xerxy. Mm. Now, someone in our comment section on YouTube, I'm not going to name names, made a joke on the NA podcast about how we talked about Ivern last week and about how I didn't think anybody, uh, any young jungler should play it. I was kind of just centralizing that on North America. I didn't think any of the young North American junglers had the play style for it. But Xerxy, man, oh man, does he understand this champion to a T. And I just love this kid. He's playing oddball stuff. He's playing Warwick. He's playing Rumble. He's not just sticking to the same old, same old that everyone else is. And again, going back to our interview with Dios Malat, talking about, well, we're not stepping outside of the meta on purpose. We're just putting champions in different spots and doing different things with it. And this is the guy, and this has always been the position for Unicorns of Love, that they hinge that on. If you could play something weird in the jungle... That then opens up the rest of the thing because now, you know, the rest of your map, uh, your champion pool, because now you can do interesting things coming out of the jungle. Mm-hmm. You would look at something like Rumble and you go, okay, well, Rumble has no CC. What is he going to do? But when you look at the current meta, every other lane has CC. So you don't need CC to come out of the jungle. When you pick something like uh, like Ivern, it's a different play style because it reminds me of Old Nunu. And some, it might have been you, Chase, that brought this up. It's like Old Nunu where there's all these weird different timings and because you can go in and take a camp in a second just by, you know, by the time you hit smite, the camp is gone and you can do that. It allows you all these other little intricate windows that you can do things. And he is probably the best player in the West at utilizing those windows and knowing that exact moment of, okay, I'm going to go take this one camp and gank. I'm going to go take this one camp, get two wards back out. And he's just, out of all the all the Western jugglers that I've seen, he plays the champion the best. So my up of the week, Xerxy from Unicorns of Love. And Chase, with every good Xerxy Ivern game, there's going to be a bad one played by someone like Inori or Moon or Contracts or whoever. So what was your bad Ivern or your down of the week? Uh, I'm just going to read a stat line here. Uh, and you tell me which mid laner you think this is. Uh, he's played 13 games, 26 kills, 38 deaths, 47 assists for a abysmal 1.9 KDA, 57.5% kill participation. Uh, he's responsible for nearly 20% of his team's deaths. He is behind in gold, CS, and experience at 10 minutes. Uh, he has, uh, you know, is about... Uh, eighth from uh, eighth in the league uh, in terms of uh, CS per minute in, uh, at his position. Which mid laner am I talking about, Walter? Oh, this isn't fair because I've read your power rankings this week. Oh, that's fair. It's Knight. It's Knight. He's terrible. Oh, oh my man. god. It's okay. I just you know it's one of those things where every single number you throw out there just sucks, and then someone wants to say like, "Oh well, let's look at the eye test because you know maybe the Giants team is terrible." And I say, "Okay, how about the play where he's in mid lane underneath his tower, tries to teleport out, then flashes, and then ends up ulting himself on the Zillion." What? I don't understand. I genuinely, I can't tell if he's trying too hard or not hard enough, but it is, it's pathetic. And Giants just look like an absolute disaster as a result. And I understand that, you know, you can never blame it on one player. This is a team game. 
but this is a team that relied on him so heavily last year. It's not like he was just a very good player. He was a star player. He was rookie of the split. He was the whole reason that they got into the playoffs with half of the guys he had to drag along the way. <laughs> I just, I don't know what happened to him. I don't know if he needs, uh, you know, a, a serious talking to or a hug, but whatever it is, someone give it to this guy because it's just not fun to watch him just floundering right now. I, I definitely agree. It seems like he's hit a, a sort of a sophomore slump something we talk about in the NFL or the NBA or uh, we don't really talk about it in baseball much because some guys have played in AAA for five years before they ever play their first game in, in the majors. So sophomore slump definitely looks like he's sort of, it feels like he's having an out of body experience basically that like, he's not actually the person that's playing the game. Like there's some mechanical Android that's sitting there playing there and you could just tell like Knight is sitting behind it going, no, don't do that. No, no. <laughs> But my down of the week, my down of this week, you brought up G2 earlier. Well, I'm going to bring him up again. Zven and Mithy. We always talk about bot lanes and we say, well, can they compete with the best? You know, over in North America for a little while, it was Double Lift and Aframu, uh, Wild Turtle and Expecial for a little bit. In Europe, it turned into, uh, it turned into Zen and Mithy. Ever since they had that great season on Orient, and then they moved over to G2, and they were the kings of the bot lane, um, it's been, can this bot lane compete with Zen and Mithy? And in the offseason, when we saw H2K pick up Nuclear and Che, we had that comment, and we said, no, I don't think this bot lane can stand up against Zen and Mithy. What are you doing? These two pieces don't seem to make sense. And then, despite the fact that in Game 3, Zen and Mithy did okay, Game 2 was a beatdown. That was an old-fashioned schoolyard beat down by Nuclear and Shay. Mm. And it wasn't just in laning phase, it wasn't just in team fighting phase. Over the course of the entire game, and even the majority of, of game three, that was brutal to watch, if you're a Zven and Mithy fan. Okay. And of course, they came back and against Orion, they took care of business. They didn't have anything spectacular, um, but they took care of business. I don't think either of them died more than once or twice in that series. But the two games against H2K, and this is why it's important, is that there is a large likelihood that you're either going to be playing against H2K or Unicorns of Love in the semifinals. Mm -hmm. That's what is likely. You're going to be playing against the two seed out of Group B. And um, I, I don't know about Unicorns of Love. We'll see them play against each other this week. But if that's what you're looking at, and you're looking at a bot lane that can go that even with them, that has been G2's ace in the hole of, okay... If Perks isn't doing well, okay. If Expect isn't doing well, if Trick isn't doing well, we have Sven and Mithy. We have the best AD carry and the best support in the bot lane. And this split, maybe it's just the utility aspect of the AD carry position. Maybe it's the squishiness of the supports. But right now, that doesn't look to be a lock anymore. That looks like there are definitely bot lanes that can step up and can take that, that ace in the hole and, you know... Block it with a Braum shield, essentially, and, you know, kind of neutralize it. So uh, it was very nice to see them pick it back up against against Orion. Now against Unicorns of Love with sort of their unique play style. Um, that's really what I'm looking forward to and, and seeing if they can maintain their level of success. And Chase, before we start with that series, you, mister, you and I need to have a talk because we're down $293 right now in Europe. Yeah, it's not great. You know, we, we were correct on Misfits over Splice. That was that was correct. So we, we won that bet. And I don't feel bad about our H2K bet against G2. I felt like that bet comes through much better than the odds uh, would have indicated. So exactly. it just, well, welcome to Europe. There's no value unless you're going to bet on favorites. We could just start doing that and just accept that smart money bets just means we're not going to bet on underdogs anymore because we know better. I, it just, it seems... It's a very we, different kind of Europe than we're used to. We might have to just start saying that Orion's going to go 0-2 every week and just take the chump change and just start chipping away at this because this is, this is not good. No. It's not good. This is not what people watch our show for. What they do watch their show for is for the banter between you and I. So let's get to the banter with our first matchup of week five. And guys, I really need to start picking back up some points here because Chase is up 5-3 to three so far in our competition. I got 2 0 last week. I didn't like that. <laughs> I didn't like that. And I know G2 and Unicorns of Love probably won't be a 2-0, but Chase, if this was going to be a 2-0, what does each team need to do to secure that 
Well, for Unicorns of Love, uh, you need to borrow a, a play from the H2K playbook and just attack that bot lane. You know, the biggest problem that Sven and Mithy has, it's not their team fighting positioning, which is mostly okay. It's the fact that in lane, when ganks were coming down their way, they seemed completely caught off guard. They just, they were able to be towered over multiple times. Uh, whenever you would see Mithy leave lane to try to get some warding, he would usually be punished for that. I think, you know, there's a very clear pattern of how Sven and Mithy like to play the lane, and when they want to fight, and when they're going to back off, and when they'll push for vision, and when they won't, which happens because they're a bot lane that's played together for nearly two years now. But that brings flaws. It brings the idea that people who have played against you time and time and time again they can get used to your patterns, and when pressured, that didn't go very well for them, and that's perfect for the Unicorns of Love, because, and, and it took me a while to realize this, Unicorns of Love have made a, a very smart and interesting decision for how they want to play the game. They have decided that even if they don't know what fight to take, the odds are always going to be in their favor if they're taking the fight rather than letting the enemy dictate the pace of the game. That is the conclusion that the Unicorns of Love have gone to. We would rather, you know, they would rather take a 70-30 fight and take, take the risk of the 30% completely cost them in a big way because the 70% of the time that they go even or get a tempo advantage out of it is worth it for them. And they will do that over and over and over again, no matter whether they're ahead or behind. They do not lose quietly, and they do not win and then stay back and wait for something to happen. They are going to take it to you over and over again. And that, I think, might be the best way to beat G2, because G2 wants to slow this series down. This is, you know, Trick, the two-time MVP. This is a, a perks that, you know right now at least, doesn't necessarily do great in lane. He's actually got pretty subpar laning stats, favoring champions that have more power as the game goes on. And Expect tends to play kind of tanky champions. He's done very well on Shen. Uh, I thought his Camille was actually quite nice. I stand by everything I said about Expect last week. I think he's right now about tied for second in my list of best top laners in Europe. Uh, but they're all very good at slowing the game down, making really intelligent moves as far as pressuring lanes with minions, doing very intelligent objective takes, uh, their vision game, they don't necessarily place as many wards, but they place very smart wards, and they do a really good job of making advantage of all of these plants. They really do seem to understand how to get every little advantage that is available to them on the map. So if they can slow the unicorns down and prevent this constant barrage of attacks... That'll work out well for him. I just don't know how you do that because no one else has been able to throw enough trash or whatever else in the way of these stampeding unicorns. They just keep coming at you and they're going to keep doing it whether they're ahead or behind, whether they're playing with Kha'Zix or Ivern. They're coming for you and they're saying, let's do something about it, which I love. I love it. It's just it's fun to watch. If anyone's going to bring out the Nunu, it's going to be Xerxes. <laughs> it's gonna be Xerxes. I just know it. If Nunu gets played, it's gonna be him. He's gonna play Nunu bot, and he's uh uh uh. But it's funny that you bring up pacing because I, I have the stats up here, courtesy of OraclesElixir.com. Our good friend Tim Seven Houston. And if you look at it, average game time. One of these teams has the fastest game time. One of these teams has the slowest game time. And I think Chase just gave you the answer. But in case you need to rewind, you know, a minute, go ahead. <laughs> That's right. Unicorns of Love have the fastest game time and G2 Esports have the slowest. But what's actually phenomenal about that is that they're dead even in kills per death. Both teams average a kill and a half per death. But Unicorns of Love actually have a higher and the highest in the league in terms of combined kills per minute. So that means more people are dying more often uh, in Unicorns of Love games versus G2 games. And that's, like you said, G2 is much more willing to sit back. They don't want to fight. They don't want to go after kills. They're much more objective-oriented. We look at the jungle percentage. That tells you exactly, you know, when teams are kind of falling back and we're just going to take our camps. We're going to take our camps. We're going to go counter jungle. It kind of shows, to me, a, a sort of passivity from your, your jungler mm -hmm. of if you have a super, super high jungle percentage, which G2 Esports does, it's 56.1% compared to Unicorns of Love, which is 47. 
So nearly 10 points difference here. But that's telling me the trick when the other jungler is ganking and wasting that time, he is going in to steal camps. You don't have that much of a jungle discrepancy, which is four points higher than the second place team. Mm-hmm. If you're constantly ganking, you're going to have more kills. You're going to have you know a higher combined kills per minute. Um, and it's just interesting that you brought up pacing because that is truly the difference between these two teams. I think both teams are phenomenal in team fights. I think both teams are phenomenal in laning phase, in all honesty. I think every single one of their lanes have proven that they're talented enough to go up against any other lane, uh, which is what makes the Samex and Hillisong versus Ven Mithy matchup so interesting and entertaining to me because... If Samux and Hillisong can stand up to Sven and Mithy in the way that Nuclear and Shea did last week, mm-hmm. then, again, that takes that final trick up, a, up G2's sleeve of we can always rely on these two. Now they have to figure out, okay, well, now we have to rely on someone else. And I think the emergence of Expect and Expect getting better now gives you, okay, well, if Sven and Mithy aren't acing people, now, now you know we can put a little bit more pressure on our top laner's shoulders. But the pacing here is, is the big deal. If Unicorns of Love can come out swinging, then I think they have the advantage in the series. But G2 has just shown they're willing to sit back. They're willing to wait for you to make that mistake and then pounce on you and capitalize on it. Uh, Chase... Who do you think the difference maker is in this series? Oh, that's a good question. I think if I had to put it on one guy, and I do really believe this is going to be most uh, more of a team game than than anything else. I don't think that any this is this is really the battle of two completely it's a different era. Yeah, it's it's two very different ideologies coming to the to the uh, to the front here, and I think that's going to be the the main factor. I would say if I had to pick one guy, it's going to be Exile. I think that if Exile can outplay Perks and he can really be that force in the mid lane, uh, if you if he can get the pressure and it really stops G2 from being able to open the map. G2 loves to have the ability to, you know, get that pressure on, get that tower open, and then they can start roaming a little bit. They can get their vision down without having to be as afraid of the enemy coming through. They really rely on having, you know, enough of a control in that mid lane to be able to get away with those kinds of things. And if Exile can just keep Perks pinned down there, it's going to be very hard for them to get away with those realms. It's going to be very hard for the, you know, traditional three-man death squad of Perks and Mithy and whatever lane they want to go to, you know, whether it's in the top lane and trying to, you know, let Expects, uh, usually, you know, the CC, he's been very good at landing that nowadays, uh, so just trust that to work out, um, or... You know, even going so far as, you know, just a, a nice mid lane, uh, you know, dog pile, if you will. I think it's going to be incredibly, uh, it, it's going to come down to whether Exile can stop that from happening. And for the record, I think it's very much in play. I think this is going to be an incredibly close series. I think that, you know, Xerxy and Trick are both going to be trying to throw each other off in very different ways. I just, I'm so excited to watch this actually come to pass. Um, I'm going I'm to disagree with you. I'm actually going to say it's Mithy, uh, okay. just real quickly, because I think that in order for G2 to really put down Unicorns of Love, they can't let it get to the team fight phase because it'll be so close. Because I think both teams are so good at team fighting. I think those will be pretty even team fights. So you have to get out and get yourself a lead. And I think it falls on the Mithy to roam out of that bot lane, to trust that Zven can play smart, can play under his tower, can just sit back and farm. I don't think Samux and Hillisong are really too oppressive in lane where they're going to, like, you know, tower dive Zven, you know, weirdly or anything like that. So I think it's really going to fall to Mithy to roam out of the lane, get tricked, you know, duo up, go into that mid lane, kill Exile so Perks can get ahead, so then Perks can really start roaming because they really do excel when Perks is able to break out of that lane and go influence the side lanes. With all that said and done, Chase... Where do you think the line is? I think that G2 are the favorites because they are the two-time defending champs. They deserve all the credit that they get. Absolutely. I think it's going to be minus 130. I think this is a very close series, and I think the casinos are finally starting to give the Unicorns credit. So here's where you (laughs) tell me that they didn't. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, okay. I'm going to put one up on the board for myself. I said G2 minus 150. It is G2 minus 175. Okay, and that puts the unicorns at what? Plus 135. So our smart money bet, first one of the week, is unicorns of love plus 135? I'm going to keep riding the unicorns until they prove me wrong. Let's not forget, they are also undefeated currently. 
Yeah. Versus G2. And I think that H2K showed that G2 is not the unbearable monsters that they were last spring and even last summer. Moving on. Mm. The black and gold versus the black and yellow. Fanatic versus Splice. Chase, we did get to see a full week of Broxa on the LCS stage. Apparently, according to their original announcement, this will be his last week, quote unquote. He was only going to be here for weeks four and five. But Fnatic Academy has found a replacement jungler for him. So, Chase, my true question is, will we see Amazing again in the yellow and the golden black of Fnatic? Uh, maybe Fnatic Academy? I could see that <laughs> happening. Look, hey, look, Fnatic, I'm just letting you know right now. You can put uh, Amazing back in if you want, but the only thing you'll be doing is giving some legacy points that you can't actually cash in for wins. I'm just, this is one of those things where just watching Broxa play, you know, I still have problems with him. I don't think he's a perfect player. I think most of my problems are just incorporating him into the system. He's not going to be the shot caller, obviously, because he's young, and that's something that, you know, Reckless does a lot of. Uh, he's, you know, they're going to have to learn what lanes he should be going to. I thought Fnatic had some pretty weak early games against Vitality. But the mechanics are so much sharper. I mean, you saw his Lee Sin. He was going after people. He did such a great job at, you know, starting some fights with his kicks and really getting onto the back line. He really just seems so much sharper and so much more confident in his play. And that doesn't mean that he's always Almost making the right like decision. young but... junglers shouldn't play Ivern. <laughs> well, you say that, but I actually think that he's leaning on Ivern too much. Remember that for Fnatic Academy, he technically only played for a week on their team this split because mm. European Challenger was delayed compared to North American. And he played Ivern, nothing but Ivern. And I'm, I, you know, that's something where... Yes, Ivern is a safe champion. It is hard to be out-jungled on Ivern, but you were playing Vitality? Like, there's something about the way that that game plan was just so safe that just... I'm not going to say is it was a bad move, but it's just a disappointing one. This was, I thought, an opportunity to start doing some weird things. And for the record, Game 3 was exactly what I wanted. Let's get Reckless in uh, on his cannon uh, as the AD carry. We had... Uh, uh, what was it? Misfortune with support. They, they had so many weird things. Uh, they had somebody, I believe it was Malzahar in the mid lane. Just a really yep, fun... Mid lane Malzahar? Yeah, a lot, a lot of fun, weird switches, ups, and I, I love that kind of thing. And that's exactly what you should be doing when you're playing a team that's worse than you. But the fact that they didn't feel confident enough to take some early game risks, that they, they had these very passive early games, I think that's that's something that might haunt them in this series because that's also been Splice's weakness in the sense that Trashy has just looked horrendous and without making any of the plays that started snowballing lanes before that tends to be a problem but if Fnatic is going to be just as passive and it's really going to come down to team fighting well uh, you know I think that Kabi's been great at that this split. I think that Wonder is still an incredibly good top laner, and he knows how to play the kinds of things that are very successful in this meta. And in all reality, these 7.3 changes, I believe, will benefit uh, our uh, Splice more than they'll benefit Fnatic. It feels like the things that were previously popular were not necessarily in Splice's wheelhouse. Uh, you could tell that Senkox in particular felt very uncomfortable with the champion pool. So I think it's going to come down to whether Fnatic is finally going to be willing to, to take off the leash, if you will, on Broxa and let his mechanics shine through rather than just kind of trying to hide him away and decide, like, well, as long as he doesn't lose us a game, it's a positive experience, right? Well, maybe not so much. To me, to me watching both leagues, Europe and North America, I am just struck with this anger at teams that play passively. And don't worry, I'll get to the North American team <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> I've got my swear button ready. But in all honesty, it's the teams that are passive that are struggling the most. It's the teams that are willing to go out there in the early game and make a play. And I'm not saying you have to go out there and you just have to just be willy-nilly and just, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna it blindly invade. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna blindly invade here. No vision. Don't know where the enemy jungler is. Don't know where the mid laner is. I'm going for that raptor camp. There's no oh, absolutely not. They won't be in that bush. Of course they won't be in that bush. Oh, guess what? They're in that bush. I'm not asking for that. 
What I am asking for is some intelligent aggression, and neither of these teams have shown that. Brock's on the least and did. I'll I'll give him that. The least in game, he definitely showed some, I'm going to go make a play. I'm going to go make a play. And the teams that have a jungler with that type of ownership, that type of stance of, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to take their razor beat camp. I'm going to go ward behind their red buff. I'm going to gank top instead of, let's see what they do. Let's see what they do. The teams that are doing the first rather than the latter, they're the teams that are successful. And this series is going to come down to which one of these junglers is willing to make that statement. I haven't seen any of that from Trashy. I haven't seen any of that from Trashy at all, period. I, haven't see, I didn't see that from him last year, but that was because it was a different meta, and you didn't need to have a jungler that said, I'm going to make a play. It was more about the counter-engage, the counter-jungle, the, the counter-ganking. So right now, I look at these two teams, and they're both in the same place of, Nobody on their teams are really willing to make that play. But I see more potential out of Fnatic because in the past, these players have had that urge. We've seen the days where Soaz has made that snap decision of, okay, screw the team fight, I'm just going to split push and end the game. And he gets an inhibitor tower and a nexus turret while the other team is like barely winning a team fight and then Fnatic wins 10 minutes later because they got a massive push in the bot lane and then could pressure Baron. Yeah. They have players on Fnatic that do that. Outside of Senkux back in Challenger series, I just don't see that out of Splice anymore, which really, really worries me. And even though the champion pool may be changing and may make them feel more comfortable, I just don't see that snap instinct on this team to go, I'm going to do this. I, I, I just don't. And I'm waiting for it because that's the only way they're going to be successful with how the game is played right now. But Chase... I need you to make a snap judgment for me. Where do you think the line is? Uh, I do think Fnatic are going to be the favorites. Uh, If you read my uh, article, you'll understand that I have a lot of questions. I think this series could go really either way. Uh, But I think the casinos are going to see it as a Fnatic minus 185. Well, see, you're going to get this point. I said Fnatic minus 200 because I was going to say they're going to overreact on Splice. Um, They didn't. Actually, they don't think either of these teams are very good. They have Fnatic at minus 137, which puts Splice at plus 105. Well, there you go. I was I was hoping there might be a little bit more value on, on Splice there. I think at plus 105, I'm not willing to. Uh, wow. at le- yeah. And, you know, honestly, I thought that Splice played pretty well against Misfits. You know, Misfits. Okay against Misfits. Yeah. yeah. Th- that, was, those were two, th- that was a much closer series than the 2-0 score would indicate. And exactly. I think that they, they certainly had some moments. I would love to see them step up, uh, but they, they definitely do need to be the ones, as you mentioned, to take that step because right now that has not been the case. Well, speaking of Misfits, Chase, yeah. that's who we're going to talk about now. Misfits versus Vitality. You, uh, you're a sinner in the eyes of the Church of Forgiven. <laughs> you're a sinner. You're blasphemous. Your confession was not accepted, my good friend. <laughs> what about on the Misfits bandwagon? There might be a seat next to me right here. I've been keeping it warm. I've got my Miami Heat cap that's been sitting there. See, but you're always welcome to hop up here. You the, know, I'll the worst, my hand to you, friend. The worst part about this is that you picked Misfits to be fifth, and I picked them to be sixth. And you think you're so much smarter, Walter. I mean, you're a little smarter. You get it? You'll, I'll give you your Listen, point. I'm the one who said Alfari <laughs> was a very good top laner, and you're like, yeah, I don't see it. I, I I will best say, top later in Europe. So. <laughs> I won't say best top later in Europe. I think he's sa- he tied for second with expect. I give the top to visit Jachi. I really love what I'm seeing from him, though. And I will say he and Kakao, mea culpa, you guys ended up being better than I thought you were, especially Kakao. I thought Elfari was going to be good, but not great. He's ended up being great. I thought Kakao might be bad. He's also been great. And that's... The exciting part to me is just seeing Kakao, this guy that I once loved, just watching him tear apart enemy junglers on KT Arrows. He's not there yet. You know, he's not that guy anymore, but he's still a good tempo jungler, a guy who's willing to, you know, be there to stop the uh, initial ganks. He does a very good job at, you know, defensively coming in to protect his laners. Come on, his Lee Sin was fantastic. And his Lee Sin was gorgeous. Oh my god, I love amazing. it so much. Oh, it, was amazing. it made my day. It really did. He 
fantastic. You know, all, all this thing. Power of Evil, too. That was a guy I, I said was going to be a change of scenery guy. He has lived I up will, to that in that song. I will song. tip my hat to you on that one. You called Power of Evil, and I was like, nope, he's trash. I don't understand the selfie change. I think this is a, a, a <laughs> lateral step, and holy crap. Yeah. Holy crap. It was lateral, all right, but it was lateral with an Oriana sombrero on top of it that just had a pentacle. <laughs> so I will tip my hat to you, sir. You are, you are playing fantastic. Yeah. And now, on the other side. <laughs> I was going to say. And now all of that excitement can just get washed away because... Well, I don't want to wash it away yet because um, GBM looked good. Did he? Did he? he good. He had LeBlanc. He he LeBlanc good. looks good. LeBlanc he is broken. Zeroth, come on. Yeah. Give him some credit with the Zeroth. The Zeroth, I mean, the Zeroth is like his, his like hidden counterpick that you're always like... What champion could GBM play? Oh, Zareth. Okay. I get that. Look, I'm going to put it this way. When I was at Imperial, my, my mid laner, his name's Ravino. Great dude. He loves Zareth. He, that would be our pocket pick. So I understand why Zareth works and why you should bring it out as a pocket pick. And I have respect for GBM for doing that. I thought it was a good reaction to some of the things he was seeing on the other side. I just didn't see anything about any of these guys that was particularly impressive. I, I think that LeBlanc is a champion that is pretty easy to look good on, especially when the enemy team has no idea how to play against it. And it was very clear that Fnatic didn't know what was going on. Uh, Duck, man, he had a death in the mid lane that was just embarrassing, where he was almost like taunting underneath the tower, just hanging in there, taking all the turret shots for way too long. I don't know if he was kind of just getting greedy or really thought he was going to get away with it, but he's then immediately killed by this Tom Kench. And it just, to me, that was the absolute summary of, of what Vitality is this season. They've clearly got talent. You know that these pieces should come together, but then they do something dumb or they make a silly mistake and they end up, you know, giving away something that they really shouldn't give away. I will say this, though. Uh, Joko, surprisingly, leading the league in First Bloods right now. He has a hot 58% first blood percentage. I don't know either. I it's, I like totally had not noticed this. I don't this. know how. It's, it's kind of incredible. And shout out to him. That's a great skill to have. Uh, when he's hopefully, uh, you know, when he's making his contract negotiations, you know, next time around, that's something he should bring yeah, up. Yeah, but Kakao is second. Kakao is second. Oh. And Alfari is fifth. Let, let me put it this like, way. I don't. I don't think that that puts them anywhere near Misfits. I think this should be a very rough series for them. I think Misfits right now look very solid. And I don't know what's going on with Vitality. There are rumors that Nuke Duck's back to playing mid lane. And now, you know, someone took a picture of Causing on a plane, but no one said anything about it at the time of recording right now. So I genuinely have no idea what Vitality is doing. I, I'm not sure if Vitality is 100% sure what it is that they're doing in the long run. And that's going to be a problem against a team like Misfits that every week seems to be building more and more of an identity for themselves and just getting a little better and a little bit more cohesive. And I could see this team making a run at the finals. This is absolutely a team that has uh, the ability to get there. They're not there yet, but they could get there. Every week they have gotten a little bit better. And I do notice Misfits. Uh, if in case anyone from Misfits is listening to this, I'm noticing that you guys are just getting a bit better every week. It has been nice to see. Chase. Yes. I'm going to propose something to you after we guess what this line is. So okay. first, if you would so kindly, sir, where do you think is this line? I have uh, Misfits at minus 300. I think that they should be favorites, but Vitality seems to be getting some points for no reason with Unicorn. So yeah, you're too it. low. You're too low there, okay. friend. Don't worry. Vitality aren't getting points anymore. I have Misfits at minus 333. Uh, it's Misfits minus 435. Okay. that's That was overdue. I'm glad to see they've figured that out. What's Vitality's line? Uh, Vitality is at plus 295. 295. Got it. Yep. And the 2-0 is actually the favorite. Yeah. Well, it's pretty pretty likely here. Well, where's uh, how much favorite though? Let me let me let me bring this back up because I, I actually looked at whether it was going to be three maps or not. So let me bring back up our uh, yeah. No, uh, I think it's two actually it's even odds whether it's a whether it's a two hour or not. Oh, I like even. that. I like that a lot. Minus, minus one. Uh, it's one eighty seven, which makes it minus one fourteen. I've got that memorized. Yeah, minus one fourteen. Yeah, I I know unicorns very that. well. I, I don't mind. Let's come back to that. That might be a that might be a thing, and they're really 
there are two of the next three games are really not worth talking about in any real detail. I think three of the next three <laughs> games are worth talking about in any big deal. H2K versus Giants. Is there anything actually need to talk about with this game? H2K looked really good against G2. Yeah. Giants, Giants didn't look good last week. No. Looked, <laughs> other than their, like, kind of flinching victory over, uh, over Rocket, Giants have looked terrible all year. H2K looked really good against the best team in Europe. Uh, what else is there to say? Uh, that... Giants uh, really need to consider how they want to play out the rest of the split. I think we're going to see whether Giants have any fight in them this week. Because this this is a game where they have to show something, some sort of life in them, if they're going to have anything resembling a playoff run. Or even just holding Rockat off of them. Because, and I know that people are going to give me a hard time for this, but Rockat, as terrible as they've been are probably the most talented, terrible team I've seen in a while. There are some good players on that roster. And if Giants are just going to no. fold under the pressure, that could come back to haunt them the second time these teams play. Now, I'm not saying that's going to be the case. I think that Giants should be a better team. But they're not playing like a team that has a lot of fight in them. They crumbled last week. They, it wasn't like it was, oh, well, at least they put up a good fight. They didn't even put up no. a good fight for what we expected. That was a slaughter. That was two really, games in less than an hour. You it looked like Unicorns was really, like, toying with them, too. It like, was, it we was know really... we're better than you. Like, this this isn't even fair. We've already stampeded over you. Your dead corpse is what you threw out here to face us. Like, that, especially game two. Game two is just like unicorns love playing with their food entirely. This is like that Flash cartoon with the unicorns that like steal one of the other one's kidneys. Like the Charlie the Unicorn. <laughs> if anyone remembers that video, that's what that was. God, it's uh yeah, H2K is gonna win this series. I don't think it's gonna be particularly close. I added H2K minus five hundred. And you know what? So did I. H2K minus 500. It's H2K minus 526. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, that's totally fair. We basically nailed it. We what? basically nailed it. Uh, Giants are at plus 350. Would touch it with a 20-foot pole. Nope. But that's... I, I want nothing to do with this game. I want nothing to do with this game. I want nothing to do with this next game because it just brings me sadness. And really, Chase, I know you said Rocket has some good players, but I'm tired of calling Betsy a good player and, um, and having my heart broken. Time after time. I'm really sick of it. I keep I keep saying, oh, I think Betsy's good. I think Betsy's good. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for him to show me anything other than, like, scaling mages. Other than, like, Rives and Swain and Vladimir. I'm just waiting for that moment, and it's never coming. And I don't want to live in Groundhog Day anymore. I'm done. I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm not Bill Murray. I'm not. I don't want to live in Groundhog Day. I'm out. I'm out. So we're, I mean, but Rise is something. Like, we got to give at least some credit. He played a very good rise in game two against H2K. Yep. That was a good performance. I yes, think that, that that wasn't anything about Rocket playing well. That was about H2K tripping over their own Oblongata, which is a fancy way of me saying their own brains and giving Rocket a way back into it. And then they fumbled it. They fumbled it. They could have won that game and they fumbled it. They did the exact same thing H2K did to them to get them the game and then they screwed it up. Look, I'm going to be very clear. I think the biggest problem that Rocket has is that they have no sense of the macro game whatsoever. And given that this team, I genuinely do believe, has talent, even in the first game against H2K when they lost rather quickly, it was still 16 to 12 in kills. It's not like individually these guys are getting beat up. Faxi knows how to play well in lane. Betsy's had some good performances. His Zed in game two was nice. His uh, rise in game one was very solid. Hjarnit is a big problem. The bot lane isn't good, but you can hide that. There are other teams in the league who have. Listen. But if you don't understand what your win condition is, what to do around Baron, what to do around Dragons, what's how to wear uh, to ward and how often one should be warding, you're going to lose games. You're going to lose every single game against teams that are worth anything. And that goes on to grabs. I, I, I'm going to, you know, I haven't called out any coaches since week one, uh, mostly because there haven't been the same level of egregious pick ban mistakes that I could do a full list of. But grabs, you gotta, there's got to be 
a system in place. And as a head coach, it is your job to create a system that A, works, B, works with the talent that you have, and C, the players believe in. And I don't know how many of those you're crossing off right now, but it needs to be all three, or this Rockat team might not have a job next split. This might not be an LCS roster if they don't figure it out. And given how good Maxlor is at getting mid laners in a comfortable spot, given how Faxi has played, that would be pretty embarrassing, guys. I, this is, uh, I'm not even mad anymore at Rockat. I'm just disappointed. It's just really disappointing to watch them throw away this talent week in and week out because they have no idea what they're doing with it. So. You know you know, Chase, I'm, I'm not mad at you. I'm just disappointed because you bring up their warding stats. You bring up warding as an issue they have. They actually place the most wards. Yeah, but they play them terribly. Zero. It's scattershot. That's, see, okay, I'm going to go on a 30-second rant you, here. You take, you take your rant. There's a difference between placing wards and placing good wards. If you look at the best teams in the league, look, G2 is at the towards the bottom of the warding list. I don't know if they're at the bottom. They were last week. I think that they're now... The Unicorns of Love are the one at the bottom. G2 yeah. are in the... Okay, so Unicorns of Love, one of the best teams in the league, are at the very bottom uh, at wards per minute. Misfits are third from the, uh, the last at wards per minute. But guess what? They know where the wards should go. They know when to pressure the wards, when to uh, you know pressure each lane, where they should be placing the wards so that they could put that pressure on, and they don't waste a whole bunch of resources because they're afraid of everything. Let's remember that every ward that you buy is gold that is not going into your build. So the whole point is that you're supposed to place good valuable wards so that you get your money's worth off of it and then put the rest of the gold into the stats that you need to win the game. But Rockhat is so unconfident and so unwilling to make any play without perfect knowledge because they do not understand what their team comp does that they just place wards everywhere and assume that that's somehow going to work. It's mindless. It is busy work. It is what happens when a coach says, don't forget to place wards, and so they just place wards without any thought as to where the word should be or why you place the words in the first place. That's not a good vision game. Raw numbers do not mean a good vision game. Ah! Okay. Listen, I said listen. I wasn't mad, and I totally lied. I am mad. Just I am mad about Just this. like, don't worry, Chase. <laughs> where do you think the line is on this series? Oh, God, I'm going to be mad about this, too. I said uh, Splice minus 260 because Splice has not been getting a lot of credit from the casinos recently. Yeah, you're, you're no way high enough, buddy. And just like the WWE did with the Royal Rumble, they brought Roman Reigns out at number 30 just so it could soften the blow when Randy Orton won. That's why I brought up the word discussion, to soften the blow when I would eventually <laughs> win the week. You said Splice minus 260. I said Splice minus 333. It is Splice minus 357. Rockat is at plus 250. And I pause on that line for a moment and then remember it's Rockat and say no thank you. I could talk myself into this being a three-game series. What are the odds on that? On a three-game series? Ugh, Chase, I'm done with three-game series. <laughs> I'm not... I'm not landing these. I, That's I did, fine. We didn't bet on it as a, as a group, but I did privately. It's That's at plus 125, by the way. But okay. I did privately, and I bet for Misfits to win. So I kind of double-dipped there, uh, and I lost it. I'm done with two O's. I'm done with, with plus, minus, two and a half maps. I'm done with all of it. That's... It's just it's not coming through. I'm terrible at it. It's making me sad. That's fine. But plus 125 for a three map. It's possible. It's possible. It's in play. It's in play. It's definitely, it's definitely interesting. Interesting compared to, like, with the minus 114 for, um, for the 2-0 and Misfits and Vitality. It's more interesting than the last game of the week, which we're both putting off talking about for good reason. Fnatic versus Orion. Uh, we already talked about Fnatic. Orion, their best player is Nahoon, and he's 0-27 in competitive play. Chase, where do you see the line? Yeah, I just want to point out that last week I think you thought I was joking. Like, no way Nahoon could be the best player on that team. And then this week... No, he's like, the best player on oh this team. Oh my god, Straight it really is... <laughs> so bad Diva might be the worst player we've ever seen in the lcs ever period it's ever hey man ever. avalon is really mad that you're forgetting about his nope i'd rather career. have avalon i'd rather have avalon than Diva. i uh i think this is an article or a podcast that we're gonna have to come back to <laughs> making the worst ever roster this is great i have roster. i had fanatic minus 600 and it probably should be higher yeah, it's it's way higher, buddy. I had Fnatic at minus six fifty. It's Fnatic minus one thousand two hundred and fifty. There we go. Let's just put it this way: you nailed the Orion line if you just put positive 
Oh boy. Origins at plus 600. Okay. Well, that's fine. You know what? Origin deserves to have every team has heavy favorites above them. I'm lower on Fnatic than some other people because I think Brox is going to take some time and I really didn't like their early game, but I'm fine with this. I think that Origin is that terrible. So, Walter, we got to figure out, are we going to do uh, Misfits minus 114 for the 2-0? Is that the, the, probably the bet we're more comfortable with? Because we need one more smart money bet. Yeah, I would say Misfits to 2-0. Okay. So that's minus 114 for the 2-0. Uh, over yep. Vitality? And of over G2. Yep, that sounds oh, perfect to me. Five. Yeah. Easy. Easy money. Easy money. And both of these are going to fail. We're going to be talking next week about how terrible Unicorns of Love look. And oh my god, I can't believe GBM <laughs> mid lane with costing support beat Misfits. We're going to be down on both of those teams next week. We're going to think they're garbage belonging in relegation. And I'm going to look smart for saying that Vitality was the fourth best team at the end of the year before the season began. God damn it. That would be the darkest timeline. That'd be the awful, awful. <laughs> but you know what? I caught up another point in our weekly competition. It is now five to four with North America looming tomorrow. And I'm all riled up about North America for very particular reasons that will go into that show tomorrow. And if you want to hear some of those reasons live as, as the video unveils and ask me about some of my criticisms, you can find me at Sadies underscore LOL. And you can find Chase Wassenaar, the newly minted writer for LCS Predicts. Chase, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me at Redshirt King. I will be tweeting out a, a whole bunch of stuff uh, from there when, it, when the articles come out. I'm also planning on writing just a little bit more, uh, maybe some twit longer just here and there on game design now that I'm starting to play things more often. So if you're interested in that kind of thing, you should follow, uh, follow me there. And also, don't forget to follow the podcast at Rough Drafts Pod on Twitter. There may be some good reasons for you guys to, to stick around that Twitter. I think that perhaps... Uh, those of you who enjoy video games other than League of Legends might want to be following us on there over the next uh, few weeks or so. So definitely follow there for all of our live tweeting and everything else. Absolutely. So until tomorrow, I have to go settle down. I have to calm down, put a, a cold washcloth on my head so I can prepare for that. It's, uh, oh boy, folks, I might break a lamp next time. <laughs> so until then, goodbye, Internet. Hey there, C80's here. Thanks for checking out the podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, consider supporting us at www.patreon.com backslash roughdraftspod. For just a dollar a month, you can join your fellow listeners in our patron-only Discord channel and help keep the content coming. Or join our VIP club, where a dollar a show or eight bucks a month gets you first priority on all patron content, like our patron-only Q&As. And check us out on all of our social media, Twitter, at RoughDraftsPod, Facebook.com, backslash RoughDraftsPod, SoundCloud.com, backslash EsportsRoughDrafts, as well as on iTunes and YouTube by just searching for the Rough Drafts Podcast. Thanks for listening, and goodbye, Internet.